Hello, hello, hello. What's going on, everybody? My name is Tristan Fleur. My name is Jake Williams. And we are back with you here on the Royal Download. This is episode four of the Royal Download podcast. Happy you all checked us out here on Anchor FM. Yeah, thank you for uh, listening. And we got a lot to talk about today. There's a lot going on in the sports world right now. We covered the Super Bowl in the last episode. So if you guys want to, you can like watch the Super Bowl special episode. We talked mainly about our thoughts on the game, how we think teams are going to pan out next season, NFL. So not a lot of NFL news today. We'll talk about it a lot, but there's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA right now. Not a lot going on in MLB, but then there's a decent amount going on in NHL too. So we're going to be talking about that a lot. So let's go ahead and get it right into uh, the NBA news. And the biggest story um, is Kristaps Porzingis to the Mavs for Dennis Smith Jr. And the Knicks also get um, not only Dennis Smith Jr., but they also get Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. And the Mavs get Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan. So what are your thoughts on the trade, Tristan? Now, on the surface, this looks like an absolute terrible trade. It looks like the Knicks' uh, front office has lost their they mind. They the Knicks. They did. However, they do have a ton of cap space. They could possibly get two max deals going into next Who's year. Who's going to want to come to New York? Exactly, though? that's the point. It's like a, it's basically in New York right now a big tank show, maybe to get Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett. But to me, this move here, it's either a boom or bust move. It's a complete bust if no one comes to them in the off season and they end up getting Nick's luck and getting the number one overall pick. They like fall a couple spots and like fall the fourth or fifth pick. Can't get. A big, as big a name of a player, or it's going to go out really well for them, and someone will actually come to New York and p- want to play for them, and they'll end up getting a good pick. So. However, this is an absolutely massive deal for the Mavericks, as Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks get Kristaps Porzingis to go with uh, Luka Doncic, and, and he's going to be mentored by Dirk Nowitzki. And that's going to be that's going to be an interesting combo for years to come. As you have a little bit slower and smaller Doncic going up against the very uh, quick and athletic, and he's able to space the floor. And Kristaps, it'll be a great, uh, great, great uh, pairing. pairing. You get, yeah, you got the guy from Latvia, and uh, that's Kristaps Porzingis, and then uh, Doncic is from I, I believe. Spain, uh, I no, it's I believe it's like Serbia. Oh, yeah, uh, Serbia, my bad. But those you have those two. Um, Going up against each, uh, not going up against each other, but playing on the same court, it'll be it'll be great to see too. This two, is pretty much a contract dump too for the Knicks. They got rid of the two worst contracts their team and Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. And now the Mavericks, they look like they can possibly fight for a playoff spot now, and have definitely solidified their future. I mean, it's a shame that they have to give up Dennis Smith Jr. He was a very exciting player that I enjoyed watching, but I think that. He's going to do well in New York. He's going to be the the name of the new. He's going to be the face of New York Knicks going forward because the Knicks they just don't have all that much right now. Like, I th- they have Ennis Cantor who's okay. They have Trey Burke who was pretty good last year, but he's had a subpar NBA career. Just not a lot of talent on the Knicks. They're just and they they were the, named the number one most valuable franchise by Forbes. They were, and it's main, and I'm thinking it's mainly because of the name New York. Yeah, That's for main. the last like four years, it has been the Knicks, and it, and a lot of it is name value. So let's go ahead and move on from the Knicks, and we're going to go ahead and talk about Anthony Davis wanting out of New Orleans. Got a massive fine for this, uh, but the Lakers pull out oh, of negotiations. Uh, 
and uh, will be uh, will be traded at some point. We don't know if it'll be before the trade deadline, which is uh, about four o'clock today. An interesting story about Anthony da- about uh, the Pelicans and the Lakers. The Lakers started offering a lot. They were offering Ball, Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Ingram. but it turns out. And, and the Pelicans were saying they wanted four first-rounders, which is, that's way too much, even for a great player like Davis. Yeah. But turns out that the Pelicans were actually doing that just to screw with the Lakers' chemistry. And that might have been what was going on there. They might have just been doing that and getting the Lakers to give up, to say they're willing to give up their players so that that will come out and they'll screw up chemistry between the Lakers playing together. So It's an interesting thing that we have going on there, a little bit of an interesting dynamic. So let's talk a little bit more about the Lakers, then we'll go back to a little bit more. So right now, they're they're not playing very well. They're 27-27. and 27. They're at 500 record. They're 10th in the West, and they're almost four games out of the playoffs. So they also do have the best player in the NBA. And who has been playing. And the chemistry is looking really bad. If you guys watched the Pacers blowout, 42-point blowout against the Lakers a couple nights ago. Worst loss of LeBron James's career. And uh, what happened was one of their player, Mo Wagner, he fell over. And um, both him and Lance Stevenson fell over trying to get a rebound. And then Lance didn't even bother pick, picking up his teammate and just kind of let him do that himself. It was... And um, Mo Wagner, he like had to help himself up. Like that chemistry, that's showing a lot of bad chemistry right there, and not it's pretty detrimental to a team when players aren't able to rely on each other about that. And then, of course, one biggest name on the Lakers, probably outside of LeBron, is Lonzo Ball. With Lonzo Ball being involved in all these trade talks, Lavar Ball has decided to, decided to start talking again, and he said that. If Lonzo gets traded, he wants to go to the Suns. He wants all of his sons to go to the Phoenix Suns and maybe team up with DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker and win a lot of championships. What do you think about that, Tristan? It's interesting. I don't know. I've I have a friend that's a Phoenix Suns fan and he said he's he's for it. So um, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens. Um, I don't know if they're gonna ship him off to the Suns or not. Uh, I don't know if this deal is gonna go down. Um, but I think it, it could be an interesting uh, Interesting few hours here for the for uh, all the teams in the West, all the teams that are interested in getting Anthony Davis. Uh, I think it could be interesting. Yes. Yeah, so now let's talk about some rising stars going on in NBA right now. The two biggest rising stars that I can think of is D'Angelo Russell and Luka Doncic. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell, the former number two overall pick, 2015 draft. His first two years in the Lakers, while they were exciting and showed a lot of potential. They were inconsistent at the best. Then they traded him to the Brooklyn Nets, who had been terrible for years because of awful GMs. Their past GM, Billy King, did a horrific job there. But now the Nets are a more stable organization, and they're, I believe, sixth in the West right now. D'Angelo Russell's leading the team in points and is now going to the All-Star game and is proving that he's not a bust, which is pretty awesome with him. And now for a bigger star, Luka Doncic, let's talk a little bit about him now. Well, Luca is a player that I was very high on coming out of coming out of uh, in the draft. Uh, never, never, yeah, at the Euro League. Uh, heard he was the best player in the Euro League. Um, didn't really buy it. Looked it up. This kid impressed me. He really did. And I'm a guy that's very tough when it comes to basketball. And I looked at, and I looked him up, and I was impressed. And he's not not necessarily surprising me, but I'm very very pleased to see how well he's doing in the NBA. He's really. Putting the NBA on notice here, 
uh, with with his play, and he he's a fiery guy. He got ejected a few times, but uh, it's the kind of player that I personally, as a GM, I would like to start my team around because he has just raw talent. He's bringing that. He might bring in that free agent attraction over to um, to Dallas because yeah. when you get a young player like that playing the way he is. And a little bit of background behind Luka Doncic. He was in the EuroLeague for a couple of years. He started when he was 15, superstar in the EuroLeague. And now he had a lot of hype coming into the draft, and now he's probably going to get a lot of players. When you get a, a young player that gets that much hype, you might bring in some free agents. Like you saw with the Lakers last year, people are obsessing over their core of Ingram, Ball, and Kuzma, which I think is a little bit of, is pretty overrated of a core, but then it brought LeBron there who obviously bought into that. So if you get young players that are exciting to watch and can be a difference maker, that's the key of getting big-name free agents. And in a bigger market like the, like Dallas, that is definitely going to do a good job. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the biggest names this year. Paul George, the former Indiana Pacer, he's an all-star starter averaging 28 points per game. He has been on fire this year. He's been perhaps maybe one of the best uh, – players in the league right now. What do you think about Paul George? PG is just lighting it up in OKC, uh, playing playing exceptional, exceptional ball. Um, with, with a player like Russell Westbrook, you really have to make yourself known, and, and Paul George has definitely done that. I didn't know how well they were going to they were going to mesh because last year didn't go exactly great, but um, this year he's just been absolutely fantastic. And then another big player, the leader of the best team in the NBA record-wise, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Milwaukee Bucks. Are forty and thirteen right now. They have the best record in NBA. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's been lighting up the NBA the past few years, he was named an All Star captain. He has been a monster this year, averaging almost thirty points per game. He's leading the team in points, rebounds, and assists. He's been done a great job, and it just makes you think. He was the fifteenth pick in two thousand thirteen. Absolutely crazy that he fell that far. So Giannis has done a great job. There and then one more player of the reigning MVP, James Harden. He's averaging almost 40 points per game so far this year, out of his mind. And Kobe Bryant, although he says that he likes Harden, he's said that he's not sure if that style of play is sustainable. What do yeah, you think I, that, I, I, I don't know uh, if you can keep going night in, night out with that many points a game and not get burned out. That's the thing that I'm concerned with when I'm looking at tape of James Harden is that he goes 100% all the time, and maybe his, and his defense lacks, and some other parts of his game are lacking because he has to score so many points. Right, yeah. The Houston Rockets, they're a, they're a team that relies on a lot of offense. They, they're one of those teams that has to outscore their opponents, and usually when you have to rely on a team with not that great defense and great offense, just across any league, that makes it so much harder on the offense. Like you saw with the Kansas City Chiefs, the NFL this year, how they – or like with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in the NHL, they they had a really bad defense last year, and they relied on all those goals being scored. So now let's talk a little bit about the major about Major League Baseball. Bryce Harper still hasn't signed. He's talking to the Padres right now. Talking and to the Giants too, San Francisco. Just I mean, who is he talking to? It's sport. very true. It's really frustrating. It's just absolutely crazy that he hasn't signed yet. Like. It's frustrating as a baseball fan to see that he hasn't signed anywhere. So, he, and I think we said this before, but he's pulled out at Cubs talks. But NL Central is still thinking of getting some because there's now JT Real Muto 
the catcher of the Miami Marlins. The Marlins are rumored to maybe possibly willing to trade him. And talks about the Reds is heating up. So the Cincinnati Reds, I wrote them off a little bit, but they're actually looking like they could be dangerous. What's your thoughts on the Reds if they can pull off a JT Real Muto? If they get JT Real Muto and they also have Yasiel Puig, uh, that's a that's a team I do not want to face. They have a they have a pretty decent young core. Uh, they've they got the speedster Billy Hamilton there in center field. Uh, it'll be. Scooter Jeanette, and of course, yeah. Joey Votto. Joey Votto, who is Mr. Consistency. Just a heinous waste of a career right there. Just the way that Joey Votto's career, like, even as a fan of a division rival, I got a lot of respect for Joey Votto sticking it out with the Cincinnati Reds, who just haven't always been the most stable organization. But it looks like the Reds, they can make a push. The NL Central, we've talked about it before. Right now, all four of it looks like five of the teams are all at least wild card caliber. Like there's some World Series contenders there, like the Brewers and the Cubs. There's a even playoff. the Cardinals in there. Yeah, maybe the Cardinals in there, and then the Pirates. They they had some surprises last year when everyone wrote them off. They still went above 500, and now with the Reds getting some experienced players from the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, they're looking a lot better. So and. Another big free agent, Manny Machado. No new news since the Chicago White Sox. So, once again, that frustration with the big names not signing anywhere. I really hope to see those two sign pretty soon because this baseball offseason has been rough, to say the very But rough. this is exactly how baseball offseasons are going now. People are signing later to try to see how much money they can get out of these teams to see how much they're willing to give. That's these, exactly how it's been working recently. And these... And lately, just with baseball teams, they're discovering they can't give out these mega contracts. Like with Albert Pujols, when he left St. Louis, just Los Angeles Angels threw all the money at him. Oh, they, they gave did. him so much money. And he like had maybe one or two good, really good years in L.A., but he is nowhere near the same player he was in St. Louis. He's definitely the best player of the 2000 through 2010 for me. Just I would put him over Jeter any day. Just. Ooh. Wow. Pujols, he's he's so was such a great player, but when you, those guys start to get older and those contracts are basically unmovable, no one's gonna want to trade. Exactly. So yeah, it's just they want teams want to have a player that's not gonna get terrible. And then with uh, teams like the Red Sox, they're still able to win in spite of that. They like had to with Hadley, I forgot who it was Hanley like, Ramirez. Hanley Ramirez, yeah, they had to to DFA him so. Just when teams want to avoid doing stuff like that. So MLB is a changing game with free agency and everything. So, And now let's talk a little bit about NHL. So Austin Matthews, who's becoming a future face of the NHL with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, he has signed a five-year, $11.6 million cap hit with Matthews. He's got just a huge deal there. So the Leafs locked up. One of their faces, William Nylander earlier, and now they got Austin Matthews, who's got that five-year deal. But it's just a matter of whether they can get Mitch Marner now because they spent a lot of money. They don't have; they only have about $10 million left in cap space now. So the Leafs, they're stretched for a lot of money. And I think that Marner, he grew up a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. I think that they can still manage to get him. And then over with the Columbus Blue Jackets, their two best players are Timmy Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky. They might be losing them both this offseason. 
Panarin is not focused on signing with a team until the offseason, so he's basically just playing it day by day in Bobrovsky. There's a lot of rumors that he wants out. There's just a lot of Charlie Hughes suspended for a for a uh, undisclosed reason. And there's rumors about maybe the Florida Panthers trading for him. So right now the Blue Jackets, they have a very solid team right now. They're they're in the first wild card spot, I believe, but they're doing well. And then really the last big story, the Edmonton Oilers, they finally fired their GM, Pierre Shirelli. He did a very poor job there after giving their goalie, their unproven goalie, I can't remember his name was, but they gave him a, a three-year contract, and he wasn't that great. So they finally fired him after that. He has a lot of bad trades by giving up the former MVP, the reigning MVP, Taylor Hall, for a uh, for Louis Erickson. I, no, not Louis Erickson, but someone else. I forgot who it was, but it was a uh, bad trade there. And Connor McDavid believes that the Oilers could still make the playoffs because the West is just really bad this year. The Western Conference is struggling a lot. The East is pretty tough, though. Very close competition there, like with teams like the Penguins fighting for a spot. So now let's talk a little bit about the NFL. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Pro Bowl a little bit. Uh, pretty boring Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Uh, not, not a ton happened, although I did think it was kind of interesting to see some of the players in different positions. Right, yeah. We had, uh, who was it? We had uh, Tariq Cohen line up at a few different positions. We had, uh, who was it? We had other players line up at different positions yeah, uh, I, throughout the entire game. Yeah, it's just final score 27-6. to AFC took that victory. Patrick Mahomes, offensive MVP. Jamal Adams, defensive MVP. Both Texas guys from Texas. So a uh, good representation of that state there. And the Super Bowl, we already, I already talked about this once. I think we all, we made a big episode about that. Just yeah, go ahead and check out. On. Go ahead and check out episode three to go ahead and see our thoughts on the Super Bowl. So the big thing with the NFL now, let's kind of just give our thoughts on how you thought about the season, Tristan. What was your, what's your biggest takeaways from this season? Takeaways: uh, the Cleveland Browns are good again. Yes, they can be. Uh, Baker Mayfield is the real deal. Um, what uh, other takeaways? Uh, an offensive line really does a lot for your team. We saw that this year with the Colts. We saw that a lot this Going year. Going from zeros to heroes. With a lot of different teams, yeah. The offensive line is massive. Um, and, and then the league is changing. It's a lot of how well can you handle the pressure and how well can you throw the football uh, in, in ways that are different and how creative can you be. That's the that's what we're seeing with Mahomes being a little bit more of a creative quarterback, and then you have uh, Sean McVay and the Rams and their offense more creative. You've seen Sean Payton add some stuff to his offense in, in New Orleans to get a little bit more creative. You've seen uh, different teams do different things. Uh, Matt Nagy and the Bears, you've seen different things with with coaches and, and their teams trying to get more creative, trying to find new elements in the game. So I'm going to be the pessimist here and talk about things that was bad about this season. The Arizona Cardinals, they just look like they're in they look like they're in deep trouble. Steve Wilkes was obviously not the answer as their coach. He hired Mike McCoy as their offensive coordinator who did a bad job. It was fired after week seven. Josh Rosen was it was a combination of a terrible team around him and him playing terrible. Whatever and just is really a testament of how good of a coach Bruce Arians was because Arians had almost the exact same roster and got an 8-8 record out of him. 
And now with Wilkes, they went 3-13. and Now Bruce Arians is down in Tampa Bay. So what he can do with James Winston. Winston, I've gone on record saying I think he's a bust. I think he is, too. But Winston can possibly maybe ship him there. So, yeah, he was very inconsistent this year. It was a little bit embarrassing the way he acted. Just kind of the off-field issues he has. And if uh, Arians can finally bring out his full potential. And then what the big thing, referees. I... I'm usually not the one to blame referees, but just horrible refing with a no call in the Saints game, with the uh, with some of the AFC calls in championship. the AFC championship games. Yeah, it's just the referees and the tack and the tackle rules and the pressuring the QBs. Yeah, it gets very annoying with that. They might have fin- They might have gotten the catch rules clear, but it's embarrassing seeing how bad some of these. Are so the NFL definitely it was an exciting season. Just the conclusion, it was a conclusion that no one wanted. It was unfortunately the Patriots won again, and only Patriots like that. So now let's talk about a little bit about the draft. Who's your number one overall pick? My number one overall pick is Nick Bosa. He's the best player in this draft, first and and foremost. He's the best player in this draft, and then yeah, Nick Bosa, he's been the consensus number one overall pick all year. Looks like the Cardinals will probably get him, maybe improve, but they should probably focus on their O line pretty big too. Hopefully, for the Cardinals' sake, they don't decide to trade Rosen and go for Kyler Murray because it doesn't matter who their QB is, the Cardinals are going to be bad. They just not very well run t- team. And then um, the consensus number one QB in this draft since Herbert's gone is Dwayne Haskins. I'm seeing a lot of rumors about him going to the Giants. I know that he wants to go to the Giants, and a lot of Giants fans would like to see him there, so that'd be exciting to see that. It would be. Him and Saquon Barkley and uh, Odell and Evan Ingram, that uh, Sterling Shepard sounds like a good offense yeah, to me. Hopefully that, maybe Pat, that Shermer, Pat Shermer's a great offensive coach. It'll be, uh, it'll be a good thing to see. And maybe they can form their own big three like the Steelers had, minus the drama. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's one more thing that was bad about the season. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they might have had a not that bad of a record, 8-7-1, but that is not the standard that the Steelers usually set themselves up for. So very disappointing season for the Steelers. A lot of drama, a lot of uncertainty. That We might be seeing a power shift in the NFC North with Baker Mayfield and the Browns and uh, with Mr. Jackson, Mr. Lamar Jackson taking over the race. Yeah. So now that we've talked about some outside sports, let's get into school sports with yeah. the boys' basketball team, 13-5, and 4-2 and two in league play. Yeah. And um, a couple nights ago against the Newcastle Trojans, Chris Grubbs pulled up for the buzzer beater, called game right there, did a great job right there at a boys' basketball team. They only have a couple more weeks of regular season until they're getting into the postseason. Yeah, tomorrow night, Southeastern Sports Network has the live broadcast of the game at Carmel. Go ahead and check it out. A little bit of a product plug there. Now let's talk a little bit about Carmel, about the HC Carmel rivalry. Last year I saw the game. It was a very tough game against Carmel, but the Royals end up getting the victory, which is pretty awesome. Always great to see the Royals take a win and for the Carmel Greyhounds to not win because just everyone's rivals with Carmel. If they are. Carmel versus everybody. So then with me, for more of the boys' basketball team, I got to – to watch the Noblesville game. I was on camera for that live stream right there. The boys got a 68-43 to win. Mabor got 16 points <clears throat> on the board right there. 
So the boys' basketball team is building some good chemistry. They really are. So now let's talk a little bit about girls' basketball. They got a They are the sectional champs, a 47-34 win over the Carmel Greyhounds, 23-1, one of the best teams, not just in the state, not just in the conference, but in the entire country, Jake. One of the best teams in the entire planet. They, oh, they could beat the Knicks, probably. No. Oh, okay. That's, that's for another time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they do. a joke pull. So, anyways, the girls' basketball team, they've done a phenomenal job this year. They're looking to win state. They got a great sectional victory led by Sydney Parrish, Malia Jackson, Jackson, Taya Irvin, Amaya Hamilton. So, very good team right there. And then let's talk a little bit about girls swimming. They had their sectional last week. They took second place in their sectional, falling just short to Fishers, who was a powerhouse in girls swimming this year. 537 points for the school to the west, and HSC got 502 points. But despite the fact that they didn't quite win sectionals, it was very close. They had a great season still, and there's going to be a lot of state representation right there with Abby Harder going there with the 2IM and 100 back, Bree Sable, Mo Peterson, Hannah Pugh, and Olivia Harder all going there, and including two people in the 100 breaststroke and Molly Robinson, Kennedy Fisher. So a lot of representation from the girls' team. So now let's talk a little bit about the diving regional. All three of the Royals divers made it to state, which is a great job with Sarah Bauer taking the first spot, Haley Seawick going third, and Ashley Sinekropi going sixth. So the girls... Swimming team, they're in good shape. This weekend is the state championship at the IUPUI Natatorium. I hope to see a lot of Royals there. I'm not sure if I'm going to go, so I'm not sure if I'll see anyone. So good job to the Royals. Our support, the Royal Download hosts support you. I hope you guys do a good job. And now let's talk about boys swimming. Next week is boys sectional here at HSC. All so, right. It's the Royals are the favorites to win. Their main rival there is going to be the Fishers Tigers. The Royals are looking to win their second sectional championship in the last three years and 25 in the last 27 years. So the HSC Royals swimming and diving team is going to do a great job. They're led by guys like Blake Ratliff, DJ Rogers, and in the diving they got Nathan Barr, who's done a phenomenal job being the senior leader on that team. So now... The boys' team, um, since the boys' season is winding down, let's talk about wrestling that's starting to get, that's starting to heat up even Ooh, more. Oh boy, wrestling. Seven people going to semi state, and they are Craig Kunkelman, Jackson Williams, Sam Krauser, Andrew Eirich, Jake Smone, Reese Lumen, and Ronan Heiner. So I don't really know a lot about wrestling. Can you talk to me about, like, what makes this team special? I've, I've broadcasted a lot of wrestling this year. And I think that this team is something special. We have a ton of not just senior leadership, but uh, junior leadership on this team. A bunch of seniors and juniors that are really busting their butts out there. And I think what makes this team special is they're overcoming a, of adversity. We've been down multiple times this season on, on broadcast on SSN. And uh, the in this team, just some of the leaders have just decided to pump up the team. And, they, and they've come back every single time. And th- this team just knows and they and they just get it done they execute well and uh coach Brooks just has a great team there yeah they have that down but not out mentality right there that's what makes the great team special when things are going tough they don't go get going they stay and they fight till the end so shout out to the wrestling team hopefully they get that 
they are as successful as they possibly can. And shout out to all of the teams at HSUE, the Royal Download, and all of us as Head Eastern Sports Network fully are behind you guys, wishing you guys luck wherever so you last, guys are going. Yeah, the last couple of weeks we've been talking a lot about winter sports. Something exciting is happening. Spring sports season is coming up all soon right. with the track team, the baseball team, the softball team. I think girls' tennis is in the spring. And lacrosse, the defending state champion lacrosse team. All getting their seasons and starting up in about a month or so. So that's really exciting. So this, as the winter sports are wrapping up, the spring sports are going to represent HSC and make the Royals proud. So we're going to wrap up this episode of the Royal Download. Just thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Royal Download. Hopefully next week we can bring some more great content. Hopefully the Royals get some victories and my name is Jake Williams. And my name is Tristan Fleur, and we are signing off for the Royal Download.